0: We are all set. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 510 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. We will be back live next week, uh, but no live show this week, but we're still putting the podcast out for you guys. It's not stopping. Uh, We're going to dive into a bunch of stuff around the Philadelphia 76ers, the Eagles, the Phillies, the Union, uh, you name it, we're talking it, but... Before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI on Twitter, Instagram, follow Matt on Twitter at matt MattCastarena, follow me at KBIZZL311, subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Leave a five-star review, it does help the show continue to grow, helps more people find Underground Sports and all of the shows on our network. Be a friend, tell a friend to subscribe to the pod feed. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of every show on our network. You get clips, live streams, original content, any type of video. It's going on our YouTube channel. So go subscribe. We're at 388 subscribers right now. Trying to hit 400 by the end of February. So go subscribe and uh, be a friend, tell a friend to smash that like button. Ring the bell icon so you don't miss out on any of the content. And of course, leave a comment down below on your thoughts on everything that Matt and I talk about on this episode. And make sure you guys go get your merch at PHI Apparel Company. They are our exclusive merch partner. Uh, They've got every single podcast on our network has merch at PHI Apparel Company, and they've got some of the best designs, if not the best, in the game for all of your favorite Philly sports teams. Uh... You're going to stand out when you go down to Citizens Bank Park this spring and summer. You're going to stand out when you're going to Subaru Park to go support the union at the Wells Fargo Center for the Sixers and Flyers. And, of course, when football season's back, down at the link, supporting the birds. Uh, You guys can use code UNDERGROUND when you check out at phiapparel.co and you get 10% off any and all orders. Doesn't matter if it's our merch or any of the designs on their website. Uh, But it is the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing here is to buy merch. When you get it, tag us. Let us know where you're rocking your merch from. We want to see you guys rocking that. PHI Apparel Company is going to be part of our live Tailgate podcast series this baseball season. So big shout out to them uh, for getting down with us and being our exclusive merch partner. But go get your merch, PHIapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any and all orders. What's going on, man? Living the dream. Uh, the Sixers uh, post All Star break getting ready to uh, ramp back up. But of course, no better way to uh, bounce back from a championship loss than to have the first ever
1: Sixers dunk contest champion than with Delaware blue coat Mac McClung. Yeah, signed him on that 10 day at the right time. And, you know, <laughs> there was some penny stocks, you know, getting in early on the floor of Mac McClung, uh, who was allergic to the floor, as you saw in the dunk contest. Yeah, we had joked that he's like uh, the Sixers, like TV timeout, uh, like dunkers that bring out the trampolines. Except he doesn't need the trampoline, uh, so it's cool to see him win the dunk contest. I'm going to be honest, did not watch a second of no. any of it this weekend. <laughs> Just watch the highlights. I saw the highlights on Twitter. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." I would not waste two and a half hours of my no. Saturday night to watch that. As a kid, I loved it. As an adult, and I think in general, uh, All Star. I think came to this realization. All-Star weekends in general just have no appeal to me anymore. I don't know what it is. Um, it's every sport. It's not just the NBA, but even uh, even baseball, hockey, of course, is just sucks all around. doesn't help that the Flyers are terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pro Bowl is, like, not a thing. So, yeah, I, I just think All-Star games in general are not uh, not as engaging, not as exciting anymore.
0: Yeah, I think the only thing that I truly, like, tune in for when it comes to All-Star games is, is the Home Run Derby because that still has, like, you know, fun appeal to it. And unlike the dunk contest where everybody wants to see the big-name guys compete and they just don't, the Home Run Derby, it feels like every year, like, 90% of the guys competing are, like, the faces of baseball that you want to see competing in the Home Run Derby, so that makes it fun. Um, But you're not alone in thinking that All-Star games are on the decline because according to uh, Sports Media Watch at Paulson underscore SMW, On the Tweet Machine, Sunday's NBA All-Star Game was the lowest-rated and least-watched edition of the game. Uh, Ratings declined 29% and viewership 27% from last year's All-Star Game. The record-low audience places the NBA All-Star Game well behind this year's NFL Pro Bowl, and this year's declines are the steepest for the game since 2000.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... Also, there's like uh, quite a few stars that were injured uh, that got replaced... And quite a few guys didn't even like play during the game, um, and sat out. So there's no incentive you know, LeBron wasn't playing, right? Like he like, honestly barely played, there's no K D, there's no Steph. Already, you know, those are like four of the biggest names in the sport right now. And uh, you know, that's that's where I think the issue arises. I, I just you're asking a lot of me to peel away three hours of yeah. my night to watch a game that ultimately the players don't care about especially either. on a Sunday night when it's starting at eight eastern time like, like nobody you know wants we that. gotta like as as east Coast people we gotta really start taking back some of these goddamn sports start times because like as I get older like even a seven o'clock start is dicey like what do we do why cannot I yeah I I must just maybe I just have to move to like mountain time or something because that's like that's I, what I've heard the sweet
0: spot is but even even so like more than fifty percent of your viewing audience in the United States lives on the East Coast yeah why are we appealing to West Coast audiences who one quite frankly are not as big of sports fans as the East Coast is and two half the time that you're starting these games they're stuck in L A traffic anyway.
1: I, I guess the only thing is this was in Utah, so you know like that's fair. That makes some kind of but like yeah like when it's in an East Coast event or even like Central Time like location and we're starting games like hey, it's just it's just sucks and like, like the finals the this Super past Bowl year. the goddamn Super Bowl which is, like the biggest sports spectacle in America started at six thirty. Mm-hmm. There's no godly reason that. The NBA All Star game has to start at eight o'clock. It's stupid. <laughs> like, and the fact that like li- we talked about it when it was happening. Like last I year's won't watch NBA anyway finals. though. I want to be very honest. I won't watch right. anyway. Uh but yeah, like the NBA finals are starting at like nine, nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Like what is the point? How am I how am I ever meant to watch that? I'm not staying up till midnight on a Tuesday to watch this. No. I just don't <laughs> maybe that's just a very much a, a me problem, but like I'm I'm asleep by ten o'clock at the latest. Ten o'clock is late for me. Um, we need to appeal
0: to where the grander viewing audience is going to take. There's there's a reason that like when it comes to people wondering, especially like with baseball, it's like oh you never hear about Mike Tr-. because he's playing at 10 o'clock at night. Like nobody's watching that. They're watching the Sports Center highlights or you know social media highlights of what Mike Trout did. Pac-12 football and college football. Only the sickos who are gambling on it are staying up until two in the morning to watch Washington State play Oregon. Like. Right nobody cares when it comes to the west coast stuff because when they wake up they'll see the stuff that actually matters yeah it's just uh
1: i mean just sports in general i think are tough to just keep up with like as as i've gotten older it's like you know i used to watch just about everything and then it like it whittles down slowly into just uh like smaller and smaller things cuz i don't know you just you just have so much time away so i think i don't know how like leagues fix audience viewership going forward i think this year is a little bit of an aberration because of all the injuries and all the sit outs like i wouldn't say that's it but i think all-star games in general there needs to be some sort of discussion about like the viability of them going forward um and like what it means it sucks because you know it's tied to contracts Mm -hmm. uh you know like all-star appearances and it's even like a barometer that people are judged for when you, you talk about like hall of fame induction and things like that so um it's not an easy thing to navigate but I just <laughs> – I find myself, like, literally just not – that's, like, why everyone – when everyone is upset about him beating, not being as hard as – I don't care about that. Like, it's so hard to be – like, he's still going to be an all-star. Right. And it's also, like, every year there's, like, two or three guys that, that get hurt or, like, don't play in the all-star game anyway. So, like, there's always some – like, I love Larry Markkinen. He's an all-star starter. I get, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I know who he is, but, like, I, I, I would bet you 70% of NBA fans, no clue no clue mm-hmm. <laughs> like and like i know who he is and i totally forgot he plays for utah right people probably still associate him with the bulls yep <laughs> like or with like the cats like he's just not He's i mean whatever so i i just think that's t- tyler huntley was a pro bowler <laughs> he's not even a starting quarterback we like, more interceptions and touchdowns it's year. just um, i think all-star games in general just have it just has no point anymore i actually think it'd be better if they went back to East versus West. Yes. I actually think that might. Maybe that would help. But even then. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't I think I have any intention of watching an all-star game ever again in my life. <laughs> like, unless I go to one live. Right. And even then, you're going to waste like four or $500 on a ticket to see an all-star game. Or like, no one cares. Like, no one is putting an effort. I can't tell you the last time that there was like a moment in an all-star game. Any all-star game. What, is, what, is, what moments, what memory do you have of all-star games? Nothing. I couldn't tell you a single thing. Outside of, like, the dunk contest and, like, a few home run derbies, yep. I could not actually tell you a single, like, memorable moment from any All-Star event across any sport ever. <laughs> like, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you a single thing that ever happened. The most recent notable thing I can remember is before Giannis signed his extension with Milwaukee, him and Steph were on the same team, and they were, like, throwing lobs to each other. And I was like, oh, deuces is how to Warriors get... That was it, though. And that had nothing to do with the game itself. Right. Like... I don't know, man. I just think all star weekends in general are just not not that interesting. No.
0: And I feel like it's become kinda like the the Super Bowl has become it's it's that corporate, you know, the suits and ties show up to the All Star game and the celebrities show up to the All Star Game because it's that big, you know, cameras are everywhere type
1: of thing and that's what All Star Games have turned into. Yeah, I, I I think, you know, like Super Bowl still has like some appeal, like mm-hmm. but I mean the average fan is priced out of it. The average right. fan is priced out of most things. For being like yeah. very realistic, but especially out of the Super Bowl, like good luck. You know, you really have to to squirrel away money if if you want to make that trip. But yeah, I just think it in general. I I, I don't know how you fix it, but um, I'm not interested in finding a solution because I, I just like I said, I don't think I'm interested in watching all-star stuff anymore. I, I think I'm done. I think I totally checked out.
0: It's kind of just that mid-season marker. That everybody associates It's not even mid season. There's right. twenty games left. Like, right. you know, like Well, if we go by the the justification that the NBA right, so right. starts till Christmas. Uh um, very true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that happens and then uh we also got a uh a Sixers courtesy call once again. I was having flashbacks of us being down here in twenty eighteen when it came to LeBron. Uh we got we got the courtesy talk with Kevin
1: Love before he said, Hey guys, I'm going to the heat. Yeah. What was the point of that? I have no idea. Um, they'll get him on their uh, their very legal uh, reg- <laughs> health and training regiment that is totally not steroids. <laughs> they totally don't don't do HGH. <laughs> if they don't have the the A Rod uh, doctor helping them out, no, it's just Jimmy Butler's coffee. No, it's it's totally totally cool, totally legal. All of it. Um, yeah, he would have been a nice backup uh, to have. I think I would definitely prefer him to to Dwayne Dedman, and um not I'm just not I'm not thrilled with the, with the Sixers as we turn the page and, and start looking. And they also have like a just an absolutely like disgusting schedule the rest yeah. of the way. So it is uh you know, you remember that like week and a half where it felt good about this team and it's like, you know why am I doing this? Why why am I why am I setting myself up for pain? And I let myself I let my guard come down just a little bit, and even now I'm like, oh, "That was so, that was so foolish of me. Why do I believe in this team? Why do I believe in them to do good things? I don't know." I uh, I
0: saw a lot of people too, and it would just be pure, unadulterated, just like sickness. Because uh, the Hawks fired their coach, uh, and I saw
1: bunches of people saying, "Can I interest you in one, Glenn? Rivers. I, he used to play for Atlanta, like so. It's a homecoming. I'm pretty so." Why not? Let's let's make that happen. Please. Please. Begging you. I would personally drive Doc Rivers to Atlanta myself right now. Like if someone called me right now, I was like, hey, if you can get down to Atlanta by like tomorrow afternoon, like that's that's a thing. We're that bringing we an army. I'm doing I'm doing that. I'm driving overnight. <laughs> I am slapping Red Bulls into my lungs. I'm I'm, I'm I am i am I'm making sure that I am awake and alert so that I can drive the 14, 15 hours, whatever it is, to make sure Docker Rivers is in line. I would, I would do that. I not it. because I love the Sixers, because I hate him so much. Yeah. Like, it's not, not in the the aim of liberation. Um, the aim of just, like, I want this guy just away from, from the team.
0: And that's the thing. Like, when we look at every other team that we hyper-focus on, whether it's the Eagles, the Phillies, or the Union, they have a coach or manager leading the team that if you, you have trust and faith in them doing the right things. Yeah. Doc Rivers it's like cool you won coach of the month in January which since the process era the Sixers have been the January team. It does nothing in terms of just boosting your confidence in Doc Rivers because as soon as the calendar turned things have gone back to just being, you know, the up and down roller coaster that
1: we've come to know this Sixers team to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's been something all year that I've struggled with is like how invested do you get in this team when you know that they get to the playoffs and just like rip your heart out. Like <laughs> you know, i am just and now you know like the odds of them getting the one seed two are, are, are very low, and I think that's the only realistic path this team has to like a conference finals appearance. Um, knowing that you're gonna have to mu- match up with one of uh Milwaukee or Boston in the second round. I just, I don't love either of those matchups for the Sixers. Um, They've not shown, they just haven't shown an ability to like win a big playoff series. And that's, that's super frustrating. Um, So it's tough, you know, like when you see them like performing well in, in the regular season and you go, they go on these runs and you know, you want to get excited. I mean, you have Embiid, but you know, when you have a coach that's just shown time and time again to be completely incapable, I, what what am I supposed to do with that? Like, how, how am I supposed to, to reconcile that? You can't.
0: And it's just like the definition of insanity. And we did the same shit with players on this team. It was like, how many times can we try to like talk ourselves into this guy being the type of player we think he is when he's just truly not? And how many times can, you know, fans of the Sixers talk themselves into Doc Rivers being able to be the competent coach that the front office thinks he is, but he's clearly not. And we've made the comparison tons of times. He's the Joe Girardi of basketball. Everyone clinches onto this 2008 title that he won with the Celtics that, quite frankly, look at the players on that team. No fucking shit they won a title. When you say
1: everyone, you mean the 08 Celtics really hang on to that title? Yeah. Like, that is the... This is the most vocal title winning team of any sport of my lifetime. Like I've never stopped hearing about the two thousand eight Celtics team. You would think that they were as good as the Golden State Warriors mm-hmm. of like the from like twenty thirteen to, to eighteen, like, you know, perennially, just like destroying teams and so good and, and, and all this. Like I they won one title. They went to some finals. It was it was a good team. They and had some moved great to matchups. <laughs> I just am exhausted by it. Here's the Sixer schedule coming out of the uh the All Star break, by the way. Uh, got the Grizzlies, Celtics, Heat, all at home. And then you're away at the Heat, at the Mavs, at the Bucks, at the Pacers, Timberwolves. That's not, like, already, you know, you're looking at. <laughs> Look at it, a pretty tough row. Uh, in March, you've got uh, the Warriors, Suns, Nuggets, all on the road, uh, all part of a road trip. Then the Mavs at home, Then you're at the Bucks, Celtics, Heat, Hawks, Nets to, to close out the the. the the season so I don't know I I don't I don't love that I don't love the the, that end of schedule um yeah I just I don't know what to do with this team Bucks have won 12 straight feels like a team that's (laughs) feels like a team that's just peaking at the right time I don't know man yeah and then you get the the nonsense with uh, the MVP poll being released last week and Jokic has 77 first-place votes. Giannis, I think, has 11 or 12. Embiid was 6. Um, that's, that's that's just an extra kick in the balls. You know, like, the <laughs> the last three years you've watched Embiid play at clearly an MVP level deserving of it, and it's it's going to three straight years we're going to have Nikola Jokic. As our I'm literally, MVP
0: like, Embiid. defining valuable, because without Embiid, this team is not even in the playoffs. Yeah, I...
1: Like, I, I, I truly believe that Jokic is a better supporting cast. Everyone loves mm-hmm. to pretend, like, the Nuggets are this, like, poverty franchise outside of Jokic. Yeah. Like, they don't have just a great supporting cast around him. Like, and that's not to say that Embiid doesn't have some stars next to me. Like, he has Harden, Maxi, and those are, those are great, like, second option, third option guys. And, like, Tobias is not terrible. Like... You've got some some looks, but, like, that's it. Like, Mm -hmm. the Nuggets have a good team. I I don't know why. The Nuggets had the. (laughs) People have a tendency to, like, really, like, play down the talent that is around Jokic. And I I think that's. Like, if I'm Jamal Murray, I'm pissed. Yeah. You know, like, hearing constantly about how Jokic is, like, carrying the team constantly. Like, come on. Let's not. Like, the Nuggets had the opportunity
0: to, like, openly be like, yeah, we're going to trade one of our young players still on a rookie contract. Yeah. The Sixers, if they did that, like. the the Simpsons angry mob would be outside of the facility in Camden because there's just no way you can do that. And like it's just it's insane. I saw did you see Nick Young's tweet the other day? I did not. I think I have him muted on Twitter. Let me uh pull this up. He was he was getting cooked in the the quote retweets in the comments, but I was like you know, he's he's kinda he's kinda putting something out there that (laughs) Hold up, let him cook. Let him cook. Uh let me find his Twitter. Here it is. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny because he was he was talking about Russ and he was talking about Jokic. He said, "Why is when Russ ha- uh, was averaging a triple double three straight years, it was a problem. He was stat padding, but Joker does it, and he can win three his third MVP. They do the same stuff every year, have great stats, great regular season, and get they ass whooped in the playoffs, but no criticism."
1: Yeah, I, um... I was like, he's got a point. Again, I think like people have really attached Jokic to this idea. Like last year, and like Jamal Murray gets hurt in um, the year before, and like not having him. Like I get it. Like in the playoffs, it's obviously like mm-hmm. it's challenging, and we've seen that with Embiid, right? Like winning with a big man is already hard. Like it's not a, a simple task. But yeah, I I think he's given a lot more runway than Embiid does, and like I I just I think it's crazy. Like if I'm a Bucks fan too, I'm pissed. Like Giannis mm-hmm. is like one of the most effective players on both sides of the ball, and you're telling me, like, Nikola Jokic is... Like, he, I, he is not 77 to, like, 11 votes better. Like, he is not. Like, I, I just... I think it's ridiculous that he's, like, the runaway MVP favorite. I just... I don't understand it. Like, I, I, I really don't think there's that much separating these three. My personal vote would be for Embiid. I would put Embiid, Giannis, Jokic. Like, that's yes. my, like, top three, personally. But um I, I just think it's absolutely ludicrous that we're going to, like, watch Jokic win an MVP again, and it's, like... Okay, I <laughs> I just I I don't understand that. And if I am a Bucks fan, I am like even more pissed. Mm-hmm. I think I think if I am a Buck, I am truly like this is stupid. Like, because their argument is like, Embiid and fucking Jokic have both sucked in the playoffs. Have both not done shit. Giannis has carried us to a title, fifty points in a finals game. This is like you, Jokic and Embiid have never done. You know, like that's that's it's just insane to me. It's so insane. And I mean, we've talked about it a ton. Like the 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 guidelines
0: for MVP voting. Across the board and like every sport need to be reevaluated.
1: There's people that didn't even have, uh, Giannis in their top five. Like, why do those people have a vote? And like, it's not even just like, I'm trying to like pearl clutch, but it's you know, it, contract incentives are tied to this stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna have a vote, like, I'm sorry, but like, you need to actually like take some care and have some tact with that vote. Not not leave off somebody who's very obviously one of the three best players in basketball, certainly within your top five. And Giannis and like leave him out of that vote. That's just so stupid. Now that's not the, the actual vote. That's just the poll or whatever. But that's yeah. also happened in years past, where like mm-hmm. guys, like random dudes, are getting like MVP votes. It's like, what are we doing? Why is Why is Russell Westbrook getting MVP MVP votes last year? Like, what, what What is happening? It's that, and it's like sometimes
0: you feel like more than half these people voting for these awards and everything aren't even watching the games. Like they're simply just going off of name value. And what they're seeing on social media or whatever. And just like, oh yep, I don't have to do any work. You know, we have these these social media, you know, stat nerds doing everything for me. I'm just gonna read this, and that's what I'm gonna base my vote on. So I don't have to watch the games. Yeah. I just I don't know. Very frustrating. It sucks. Um but yeah, the Sixers are uh Sixering. Um but spring is sprung, Matt. And it's brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer. The official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. They're going to be part of our live tailgate podcast series this baseball season. Uh, and you guys can go to kenwoodbeer.com and use that all new and improved Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You can also get it if you're in Eastern Pennsylvania, that Philadelphia area. You can get it at your local home goods, your local liquor store. But you've got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. Matt, the the young the young flame throwers, if you will, are uh, living together this spring, and it's just a it's a dream come true that the Phillies have young arms that they have developed, drafted, and are
1: on the come up. Rare. <laughs> can't wait to see. How <laughs> First it goes, in our lifetime. Can't wait to see how it goes wrong. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a different pathway it's definitely like a different mode of of like building a team than the phillies have had um certainly within like the last six or seven years Uh, but yeah they've never really had a a homegrown like pitching talent um like pipeline like you you see with a lot of teams uh largely speaking the phillies have had like once every 10 years they might get like a a high level starter an ace or, or something like that um you know but there's there's some organizations that we've lamented over the years that seem to just be able to print these guys and i I just don't understand it uh cleveland tampa bay like atlanta atlanta like atlanta is like the king of of that and then also signing them to like 70 or 30 million (laughs) dollars like hockey contracts so the mets have even done it like yeah we we just have not uh figured out that sauce maybe this is the turnaround i think um i think they've they've made some better decisions in the last two or three years in terms of like personnel like coaching scouting um gm drafting <laughs> drafting <laughs> they've definitely taken i think probably what i would imagine is the smarter way um, of going about this so yeah it's it's nice to be walking into spring training with you know, some guys that you haven't seen before and have a lot of hype around them like that's what spring training is all about is is having like three or four guys that you can kind of attach some hope to yeah and I
0: mean. The, the videos coming out of spring training are just fantastic, and, like, everyone has, you know, rightfully so questioned if the Phillies were just, you know, a, a flash-in-the-pan, one-and-done type of thing last year, where they, they got hot at the right time and made their way to the World Series. I feel like this team's mindset is, like, that left them just, like, hungry for more and just craving more, and, like, you saw all last postseason, like, the Phillies had, like, a 1.1% chance to get to, you know, the next round of the playoffs and then get to the World Series. They were the lowest on the totem pole. And I think this team, like, took that they went full Jordan beam and took that personally. And you're seeing it again. Like, everyone is, like, discounting the Phillies. Like, I, I think it was Codify or Fangraphs put out uh their chances to make the postseason. And, like, multiple teams that had no business being in front of the Phillies in terms of just talent-wise, were ahead of them by, like, leaps and bounds, and they had the Phillies at, like, a 55% chance to make the playoffs. And I'm like, I get Bryce Harper's not going to be around for the first 70 games or so, but across the board, even
1: without Bryce, this team got better. Yeah, I think um, I think 55 is, is pretty harsh. Uh, it's not an easy division, of course. Right. Like, that's that's always going to factor into it, but, you know, we, we missed – quite a significant chunk of Bryce last season and, you know, we're able to eventually make the playoffs on like the, the second to last day of season. But, um, yeah, you expect that this team is just as good as last year. You, you would imagine if not better. And so I, I would, yeah, I think 55% is a little harsh. I, w- I would say like high sixties, mm-hmm. you know, cause like anything can go wrong in baseball. And, um, again, you know, if, if the division really is, is as competitive as it was last year, but I think, um, you know, we, we talked about this so much too, like, if you cut out those first two months, you know, just what a different team it is once Girardi is gone. And um, I I think that has to count for something as well. I just wonder if that's maybe not, I I, I don't know. I I trust fan graphs, but I just, I don't think that's a, that's a totally accurate representation. Like, I I don't think this Philly season is a coin flip for me, you know, because that's really what that ultimately is. And like, we kind of have more, definition
0: of some of the guys on this team. Like we now know Ranger Suarez is a dude. Like they're they're the last couple of years it was like can he be a guy in this rotation? Is he like a number 4? He's like a solidified number 3 starter in this rotation. Like yeah. You bring in Taiwan Walker, that's going to help lengthen the rotation quite a bit. And then you sign Trey Turner. I feel like so many people are forgetting that Trey Turner signed with the Phillies. Yes. And like the upgrade that that's going to be defensively for this infield at the top of the lineup like you're not going to have to hit Kyle Schwarber first anymore Trey Turner can kind of be a table setter which I feel like the Phillies have not had a table setting you know leadoff hitter since Jimmy Rollins right leadoff spot
1: has been like a a constant source even like last year like was not a a solidified position you know for for most of the regular season it was not something that uh, this team had really nailed down so so to have that, and then you can move Schwarber down in the lineup and allow
0: his bat to drive more runs in when you have more guys on base is going to be so valuable for this team. Um, I was thinking about this the other day because I was scrolling through the, the rosters for the World Baseball Classic, and you have the uh, the Premier League, Champions League you know, kind of mindset. How much do you think the guys playing in the World Baseball Classic, will it help slash hurt them? this season
1: um i think it's tough to say because spring training is already not super taxing on players um and so i wonder if like being in a much more competitive environment might do something for you physically and mentally like um but that you know i I think they could very much swing either way i mean you're seeing it in soccer too because they had a a mid-season world cup which is just like such a bizarre right that, that's never happened. Normally it's in June, which is uh, like after the completion of the season. So you had this like month and a half layoff where not everyone plays in the World Cup either. So you had like some players just sort of loafing around, training with the team and whatever. But then you had some guys come back a little early, depending on when they get knocked out. Um, and it's like hard to track because some players have like come back from the world cup and we're playing poorly before and are now in like red hot form mm-hmm. like Marcus Rashford. It did not have a great start to the season, but since then has scored like 19 out of his last 20 games, you know, scored a goal um, where some guys, you know, they, it feels like, you know, maybe they've, they've trailed off a little bit post world cup. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's very hard to say. Um, I do think ultimately I would side on like being in high level competition is probably better for them. Um, and baseball players know better than most other sports how to like manage, like the day in, day out, and um, constantly being rotated and uh, finding those those times for rest. But, yeah, I, w- I would imagine, you know, as a player, you'd be excited for it, too. And it would probably put you in a sort of, uh, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, April, and it, it feels like October is so far away, it can feel maybe hard to get super motivated, you know, after, like, the first, like, week or two of the season where it just becomes a grind and, and you're so much in the routine. I think maybe coming off the back of something exciting, like, a deep run in the World Baseball Classic might reinvigorate you in some way. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to pull up the uh, the full list of, of players that will be playing in the World Baseball Classic, but um, it's a lot more than I had realized, obviously, because you know, when you look at it, you're always looking at Team USA, which is Trey Turner, uh, Kyle Schwarber, and JT Real Muto, but Garrett Stubbs is playing for Team Israel, uh, Taiwan Walker is pitching for Team Mexico. Uh, Alvarado is pitching. Uh, Ranger Suarez is pitching. And I want to say there's one other person as well um, playing in the, the World Baseball Classic for the Phils. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that it's been so long, too, since we've had the World Baseball Classic that it's like you don't know – how much it's going to um, affect the players, and I I think I tend to agree with you with like how it um, how it will help the guys being in that competitive mode early on, and and kind of hopefully you know carry into the regular season for Major League Baseball. Um, oh, Gregory Soto um, is pitching for the Dominican Republic, who we just traded for from the Tigers earlier uh, this. Off-season, Garrett Stubbs for Team Israel, Taiwan Walker, JT, Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, and then Ranger Suarez and Alvarado are for uh, Team Venezuela. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's eight Phillies, no Bryce Harper, and then uh, Destiny Legardo put an article out on Phillies Nation that the Phillies are going to be trying Edmundo Sosa in center field, too. It's kind of like the uh, right-handed,
1: platoon-ish type of player with Brandon Marsh, so. We'll see how that works. Yeah, I mean, he had he had some bright moments, uh, yeah. especially in like the the last third of the season. Had some some moments in the playoffs too that make you you wonder about him. And again, Brandon Marsh, despite his looks, he's like <laughs> one of the youngest players on the team. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see like some of these guys on the margins, you know, either how they develop this year and some of the young guys we've talked about, because there are there's going to be some gaps to fill uh, this season. You know, especially like when you're talking about Bryce, but even. You know, just guys with the World Baseball Classic, you don't know yeah. what kind of, like, rest they might be getting, you know, the first few weeks of the season. Um, And I think in general, too, like this team, you know, you're going to have to use a lot of guys uh, because of how strong this division is and how I, I think you're going to have to play those division games a little more like playoff games. This mm-hmm. year. I think I think you're going to have to play, you know, and that means you're going to have to depend on some of these rotation guys to really pick up the slack in, in other series and other games, and um, that's going to be crucial.
0: Yeah, and I think it's that's going to play more with these three young guys with McGarry, with Painter, and Mick Abel, too. Like the fact that Ranger Suarez and Tywin Walker aren't going to be in camp for, you know, pretty much the entire uh, spring training period because they're going to leave. I think the World Baseball Classic guys that are playing in the U.S. Um, leave on like March 6th to Mar- March 8th to report to their country's camps. Um, but then you're not going to have two of your rotation guys who knows how much you want to pitch wheeler and nola in spring training to begin with because of the the just amount of taxing amount of innings that they pitched last season and into the postseason you know as deep as they went so you're i think if there's ever been a spring training to be excited about pitching wise it's going to be this one because i think you're going to see a lot of the big three
1: yeah i mean it's it's a huge opportunity for them as well everything you just said um especially nola and, and wheeler i think their innings got to be managed a little more closely this season too you know like we really burned through a lot of good innings with with both of them and i, I don't think that they're you know, now out of gas or whatever but right. i just think you know you I think wheeler like pitched historic amounts the the season before and then last year you struggled with injury a little bit we don't know how much of that is like based off fatigue or whatever but you know you, you want to be a little more careful both of them you could see like um especially in the world series like they they were not throwing their best stuff they were probably at like 85 percent um which was still good pitching yeah uh, you know i i think you want to have a more like close control on them this year and making sure that they're they're healthy going to play because that's where this team's goals are too you know is being a playoff team again and having a run similar to that last year um and you know you i I think you start that by making sure these guys are not pitching uh, as much as they were And if you want to get to that point, like,
0: you're going to have to manage that. And does that mean we see Andrew Painter, you know, during the regular season? Do you go to a six-man rotation in April and May to kind of just alleviate some of the early season innings and everything like that? It wouldn't shock me. Um, But we'll see what happens with that. And then uh, our guy, (laughs) Nick Castellanos, broke the internet the other day. Yeah. Um, Ultimate hype video. Perfect song selection. J Cole's get off my dick. Um, I I think we're underestimating too. Like, if Cassianos has a bounce back year, and him talking about how he's much more comfortable, and we talked about it so much last year on this show, i um, we'll have to go back and like find that we talked about how he signed late in free agency. He's looking for a place to live. Ultimately, find out his wife is pregnant with their second child. He's getting acclimated to a new city. He dealt with injuries throughout the entire season and gets thrust into a position that ultimately I'm sure when he signed here, it was like, yo, you're gonna be the DH.
1: Yeah, I, I think there was a lot of like compounding factors last season. Like Bryce's injury, I think, is the like thorn in this team's side for, for so much of last year, but like a lot of the problems. Because it really it locked them into having to play him as DH, yeah. right? Like you didn't have any other option, you know, because we saw in the first part of the season, those guys rotating and, you know, it was a little more interesting, but that, that flexibility went away when he couldn't throw a baseball anymore. And yeah, I think people forget too, Cassiano's he got injured in like August, right? Or mm-hmm. July. Um, and he was out for like, and it was an injury that kind of kept getting delayed. Like, it, you and know, then he it f- got injured late in the year too with the, uh, it was like a
0: shoulder shoulder and then into like his side. Yeah. And like it, it was something
1: that like. Was originally back in, you know, whatever. It was like 10 days, and then yeah. it was, well, you know, we're going to reevaluate, you know, and it just kept kind of extending and, st- and extending, which makes me think maybe there was just a little bit more there. Like, there was getting to a point, too, where we weren't sure we were going to see him in the regular season, you know, because yeah. it just kind of kept uh, going and going. But, um yeah, I think, too, like, you know, the, the Phillies probably expected to get uh, more production out of him last year. It didn't happen for, for whatever reasons. Um And I, I think, too, it was funny because – he mentioned the playoffs. I mean, he was one of the big defensive performers yeah. in the playoffs too. Like, yeah, in every round, he had like a, a huge, like just uh, just massive game-winning play a lot of times. And uh, you know, he said like, yeah, it's just hard for me to fucking care in May, you know. Like, which, you know what, fair, fair. Like, I, I so I wonder if maybe you know um, if he's able to to lock in a little bit more. You know, maybe if that changes, I don't know. But I just think it's hard to say that last year's like how we're gonna see his entire Phillies career like I, yeah. I I have to think that that's a little bit of an outlier but the season before I think is also a little bit of an outlier I think he's definitely somewhere in between those two things he's certainly not you know the, the player that he was last year in terms of like struggling at the plate struggling for power uh, yeah I think he's much closer to the player he was in Cincinnati absolutely yeah he was
0: last year absolutely um and I mean if if we take that for what it is and if he's even 80 percent of the player he was you know two years ago in Cincinnati That's ultimately another free agent signing for this team, you know, with production value and what you're going to be asking of him, you know, with Bryce Harper out for the first half of this year. You're going to be seeing a lot of Nick probably in right field um, platooning probably with, you know, the likes of Josh Harrison. Um, So, I mean, if you get that production from him in the lineup hitting fifth or sixth in this lineup, that's an ultimate win for this Phillies lineup. Hitting wise, and then if he just continues, you know, to be locked in in the outfield defensively, like he was in the postseason, like, sure, you're you're missing Bryce Harper's defense, but like, the way Nick played in the postseason was
1: one of the highlights, I think, of that entire run. Yeah, whatever mental state we can get him to lock in to be like that for the whole year, he might be MVP. Yeah, so I mean, certainly Gold Glove candidate. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so hopefully, you know. Things are are good. And I mean he's been very vocal about how last year he wasn't comfortable. He's he's talked about, you know, his wife being pregnant and him not really being to be around for it kind of affected him mentally too. And I think that would affect any normal human being. And I think that's one of the things that like, you know, people being as harsh as they were on him last year, it's like kind of take a step back and
1: realize that like, hey, athletes are human. Yeah, I think we lose sight of that a lot that these people have like real concerns and like family stuff outside of just like you know playing uh playing whatever sport it is I think we lose sight a lot of times that uh, that the things like going on I think think of like when something stressful is happening to you in your life and you're going to work like you're probably not doing your best work you exactly know? Like, it's just um, I, I think you know probably do well to, to keep that in mind a lot of times so hopefully Nikki C has uh
0: the bounce back that we know he's uh capable of and I'm sure we will see uh, this season. We also have uh, the
1: Philadelphia Union, Matt. Yeah.
0: They are hashtag back.
1: Yeah, season starts back up uh, this weekend. Um, Play the crew, evening game. It's going to be a cold one if you are going to the game. Uh, Looking forward to it. You know, like this team is obviously, like we said, brought back a lot of the the starting 11 from last year. And, you know, you can expect that that's going to hopefully bring similar results in terms of uh maybe not just making the, the final this year but actually winning it um but yeah it, it's exciting I I think uh, I'm really looking forward to this season and um the MLS revealed a new playoff format which I'm like not in love with but uh you know I, I think in general I'm looking forward to to this year for the union because I think, I think this team is very strong and I, I just I don't see a lot of ways that they, they should necessarily regress yeah and
0: I mean we we talked about it a little
1: bit last week too like
0: the fact that you're going to have a full season of this forward group, too, that didn't really get assembled until halfway through the year last year when you bring in Carranza and you kind of get that chemistry going um, for half a year. It's it's going to be exciting to have that for an entire season. And then, like we've mentioned time and time again, like Jim Curtin arguably not only best coach in this city, but like arguably best coach in all of MLS. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um... Yeah, I think he's he's great, and I think there's there's maybe a little bit of unfinished business, and we've talked about, they've kind of been doing the the reverse Phillies. Mm-hmm. The Phillies went from World Series to World Series appearance to NLCS appearance to you know they've they've kind of worked their way up to now you know losing in the MLS Cup final, but now um, hopefully this year this is the year that they actually host the trophy. Yeah, this year like the number one seed doesn't get that uh doesn't get that buy. Um, there's now a best of three series uh to start out there's it's so one through nine make the playoffs eight and nine play a wild card to get into the playoffs so then it is the f- you have to win two out of three to advance to that next round so like one verse eight two verse seven How we you used to know that breakdown uh, but then it is single game elimination from there i don't know why they're doing this i think it's absolutely stupid that seems brutal it's it's okay so like in soccer it's not uncommon like right now i'm watching the champions league as we're recording this This is called a two leg tie there. You play two games. It used to be that the tiebreaker for this was away goal rules. Away goals is effectively counted as double. Um, They got rid of that. So now it's just if the the score is tied after both games, then you go to extra time, then you go to penalties to settle, settle it up. Um, uh, That is the much more natural way to do this. Like two out of three is just strange. I, I just, and then to only do it for one round. I just, I don't, Yeah. Get it? (laughs) I just, I, and to me, it really, to me personally, it, it diminishes the, the regular season to where, you know, like what, it's not a ton of advantages here to, you know, having that first round by is nice, you know, and, and sort of just having a, a a simpler path is to me, I I think much better. And it's just earned. Yes. You know, we talked about that with, uh,
0: I mean, we, we clowned on all the baseball writers last year. It's like you earn what you you get in with and you just play with what you get it doesn't mean just because you're the one seed you you get to just win the trophy but if you get that one seed like you earn that spot and then you just have to manage with what
1: you know you're given um
0: yeah that sucks
1: yeah i just i I think like number one seeds in general should have that, should, that, should, give you, that should give you a little advantage. You know, like, you were the best team in your conference over the course of the entire year from February to October. <laughs> like, I think that, to me, that's that's deserving of a little more uh, than just getting to host Game 1 and a potential Game 3. Like, yeah. I just think, I don't, I don't know. I don't hate the wild card thing, though. The, I don't mind the wild the card. A- like, I, I personally, I don't hate necessarily expanding the playoffs. However, I also think, cause like, it, it was... One through seven made the playoffs mm-hmm. because you would uh, the the ones you didn't play the first week, but but also like you know over half the league now is making the playoffs, yeah. and I you know is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know. Like it's it's just hard to say sometimes like what the the middle ground is. But when you have eighteen teams, you know technically it cuts down after the wild card weekend uh, to to sixteen, but feels like a lot in a league that is still. Finding its like footing, and mm-hmm. um, I I don't know I, just, I I'm very curious to see how that plays out. I I just personally don't don't love it. Yeah, that is brutal.
0: Not not too big of a fan of that. Um, I was looking at the calendar map. Next week, we're back. Survivor is back next yeah. week. Um, it's a little Survivor buffs and snuffs talk for the people. Brought to you by our friends over at W Energy. Uh W's been keeping our entire company going uh with their clean, new, effective energy that has no crash, no jitters. It's all natural. There's no sugars, no calories, no maltodextrin fillers, uh, no artificial colors. And they're doing it the right way because they want the quality of their product to supersede the payout and just the cash grab that these big energy companies are giving you. Uh they're the best in the game and, you know, they're working to make it the, the stigma around, you know, energy drinks and everything to not be this negative. And they want it to be where you are getting clean, healthy energy uh, along with their patented neurofactor factor that is in all of their formulas, uh, which has helped improve brain performance by up to one hundred and forty three percent. You guys can go to War on Big Energy with us by going to W.GG and use code UNDERGROUND to get 10% off any and all orders. Right now, most of their flavors are in pre-order form uh, because they are working on getting their product in retail stores. But the restock should be happening uh, by the end of this month and into early March. So if you place a pre-order, you'll be first on the list to get your product when it's ready to ship out. So go to w.gg and use code underground and start going to war on big energy and clean up the energy game with dubby feels like
1: survivor just ended but also it feels like it's been forever feels feels like forever uh just because so much has happened yes (laughs) between uh between then and um yeah i'm looking forward to it i uh really haven't done the research on on who's (laughs) who's playing i think there's a firefighter again um that's good for Which, the, the algorithm. Yeah, so already I'm, I'm gravitating towards that person, but uh, yeah. Uh,
0: and I know we have another former NFL athlete, yes, uh, who played for the Seahawks, playing this season. Pulling up the
1: cast list here. I remember the previews for last year that like seemed like a few people get hurt in this. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> got very I um. Love. I don't love. Physical. And why why is CBS still not doing the? Like the the cast list. Yeah, it's st- can we I, I update that, please? I don't understand that. Um, here
0: I don't know why it's lagging us out there, but I'll pull it up on my phone here. But um, yeah, I don't know why CBS hasn't updated that. Can we can we get that fixed, Jeff? Yeah. Um, Survivor, forty four. So here we go, the cast revealed. So it's another 18 uh contestants this season. We've got a tech investor from Brooklyn, New York, Claire Raphson. She's 25. She lost it all in crypto. She's gotta get it back. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see here. Um her, her pet peeves people who lack self-awareness honestly you can do whatever you want as long as you recognize it and own it then we've got Matt Blankenship which is not how you, I would expect to spell Blankenship um, he is a 27 year old security software engineer from San Francisco California we've got Carolyn Weiger um, from Hugo Minnesota she's a drug counselor We've got Yamil Yam Orocho from San Juan, Puerto Rico. He's a salon owner. We've got Lauren Harp from Mont Bellevue, Texas. She's 31. She's an elementary school teacher. Danny Massa, he is the New
1: York City firefighter from the Bronx. Like it. <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> it ticks a lot of boxes for me. We
0: have another player. We have multiple Puerto Rico players this year. Um, Heidi Lagaris greenblatt from Ponce, Puerto Rico. Currently lives in Pittsburgh. She's an engineering manager. We have Carson Garrett, who is 20 years old from Atlanta. He's a NASA engineering student. Uh, We've got Maddie Pomilla from uh, Brooklyn, New York. She's a charity projects manager. we got Bruce Perrault from Warwick, Rhode Island. He's an insurance agent. Sarah Wade from Chicago is a management consultant. Matthew Grinstead-Mail from Columbus, Ohio, who's a barbershop owner. <laughs> Helen Lee from San Francisco is a product manager. Josh Wilder from Atlanta. He's a surgical podiatrist uh jamie lynn ruiz from mesa arizona she's her occupation she's a
1: yogi <laughs> sounds good <laughs> there's uh, a lot of money uh,
0: in the yogi business kane fritzler we've got uh from saskatoon canada
1: he's a law student i know there's the first puerto rican uh player this season as yeah. well um so that is a uh, yam yam yeah
0: and then uh, we've got Franny Marin from Cambridge, Massachusetts, a research coordinator. Brandon Cottom, uh, from Newtown, Pennsylvania. And I believe he was the – yes, he was the former Seattle Seahawk. Pennsylvania, though. Um,
1: and that's the cast. Yeah. Um, looking forward to it. Last season, I think, had some some good moments. I think the last few seasons have been – overall pretty good some weird twists and stuff in there but overall i think fair you know uh it's been hard to predict the winners mm-hmm. too, though. like the last last three seasons that we've done this um a lot of times it's felt like people that i, I don't think can win so like yes. whoever it is this year that i'm like i'm not sure about this but that is my winner pick actually we've at know? least
0: gotten to the jury
1: yeah if not you know the first two seasons we've done predictions
0: we got the runner up um my thing is, is, I'm hoping Brandon Cottam is a Danny type. Yeah. You know, to kind of put the... Because some of the athletes that go on, they're not that great. Um, but I think Danny from Season 41 helped flip the script on that a little bit. So we'll see
1: how Brandon Cottam performs. But I think being like an insane athlete just doesn't help you as much anymore. Like yeah. the, the challenges are a lot less, like, physically demanding, but, like, in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's more, like, balance and mobility and, and like, mental. hand-eye coordination rather than... Like, there's obviously tough ones, especially, like, the the team challenges. Yeah. Like, definitely having someone who's, like, strong and fast def- helps. But, you know, when you're talking about, like, the individual challenges, it's a lot of times just being able to, like, endure things and, like, go through pain and, like, solve puzzles. Like, I don't know. I, I just think uh, challenges are, are, are a little, little more complex now.
0: Yeah, so we'll see uh, what all goes down with Survivor Season 44. We'll be back covering that week by week uh, on the show, so stay tuned for that. Follow at Buffs and Snuffs on Twitter, uh, and that's all we got for you guys this week. Make sure you're following us on tw- all the socials at Underground PHI on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help the show continue to grow. Saw a big uptick in numbers the last couple of weeks. Shout out to the Birds. Uh, Hopefully, you know, you guys stick around for more content as we head into the, the spring and the summer with the fills and, you know, whatever the hell the Sixers decide to do um and of course the philadelphia union as well and of course subscribe to the underground sports philadelphia youtube channel that's where you get full video episodes of every podcast on our network you get full uh you know clips interviews shorts original content live streams it's all on our youtube channel youtube.com slash at underground sports philadelphia uh get us to 400 subscribers by the end of february we're 12 away let's make that happen And a big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Maine Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie, Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, our amazing merch partners over at PHI Apparel Company. Go get your merch. Stock up on all your Underground Sports Philadelphia merch. And use code UNDERGROUND when you go to PHIapparel.co and you get 10% off any and all merch orders. And then, of course, tag us when you get your merch. We want to see where you're rocking your merch from, uh, wherever you may be. Uh, But this has been episode number 510 of Underground Sports Philadelphia for Matt KB. Till next time, we are signing off.